Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Psalms part two. No matter what you are facing, you can still turn to God. As we listen to and talk about this next set of David's Psalms, you'll see the pattern. Uh, he opens with desperation, most times yelling at God, and that's okay, he expects it. David then goes into pleading his case. Finally, he finishes with praising God. He really ends up comforting himself with the assurance that God's got this. And he does. Let's dig in. In yesterday's story, we saw Jonathan prove that King Saul was still crazy and that he wanted to kill David. David is on the run, hiding from King Saul and his army, who are searching for him. So David's life before he becomes king can be divided into three stages. First, he was a shepherd in the countryside, taking care of his father's sheep. Then he was a servant in Saul's court at Saul's beck and call, playing his harp whenever Saul was depressed. Then he was a soldier, hiding in caves, eluding the enemy, and learning military tactics. Remember, we can read the stories about David in First and Second Samuel, and we're going through those, you know. But in the Psalms, we get to know David intimately. We also get to know God. So the first Psalm we're gonna do is Psalm 11. Don't worry, they're short. Um, and this one's directed to the choir director, a Psalm of David. I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows and those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? Pause here a minute. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. Gee, that sounds like today's world. History does repeat itself. That's why we need to learn from it. Going on, pick it up in verse four. But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches 
everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will seek his face. Well, you think you can get away with something, forget it. God sees everything. See how David ends by assuring himself that God is still in control from heaven? Next one is Psalm 64. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. Oh God, listen to my complaint. Protect my life from my enemies' threats. Hide me from the plots of this evil mob, from this gang of wrongdoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent, attacking suddenly and fearlessly. They encourage each other to do evil and plan how to set their traps in secret. Who will ever notice, they ask. As they plot their crimes, they say, we have devised the perfect plan. Yes, the human heart and mind are cunning, but God himself will shoot them with his arrow, suddenly striking them down. Their tongues will ruin them. All who see them will shake their heads in scorn. Then everyone will be afraid. They will proclaim the mighty acts of God and realize all the amazing things he does. The godly will rejoice in the Lord and find shelter in him. And those who do what is right will praise him. Verse one in, uh, I've read, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but verse one in the New King James Version reads, hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. And the NLT says enemy's threats. In today's world, we live in fear. We need to ask God to free us from the spirit of fear that has enveloped us. We need to put our trust in God. When we praise God, our fears go away. Praise and fear cannot live in our hearts at the same time. That's why David always ends his Psalms by praising God. I like verse eight. Their own tongues will ruin them and all who see them will shake their heads in scorn. Clearly we see this all the time. Bad, ruthless, evil people eventually manage to ruin themselves. Look at verse nine. When was the last time you proclaimed the mighty acts of God? Take a look around. Can you see God's hand in your life? The godly find shelter in him. You can always turn to God, not Mary, not priests, not saints, not a church, God. Psalm 26 is next, a Psalm of David. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart, for I am always aware of your unfailing love. And I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I came to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. 
I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like this. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. So do you live according to his truth? Have you thanked God today? Do you live with integrity? Do you stand on solid ground? When was the last time you publicly praised the Lord? Next, we have Psalm 36 for the choir director, a Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the proud trample me or the wicked push me around. Look, those who do evil have fallen. They are thrown down never to rise again. Wow. David here refers to himself as the servant of the Lord, not to be confused with servants of the Lord like Samuel. What does it take to be a servant of the Lord? Ordination? No. Seminary? No. Volunteering? Yes. Doing for others without grumbling? Yes. Having a servant's heart? Yes. Give and you shall receive. It works. If you live your life with a me-first attitude, and that's greed and pride, you'll suffer. However, if you live with a servant's heart and joyfully help others, give free advice, share information, without expecting anything in return, you'll see how God rewards his servants. Rewards, not save. Salvation is by grace alone, not by good works. In verse four, they make no attempt to turn from evil. The spiritually dead person feels no guilt at all. God is our refuge, our shelter, our provider. And Jesus reiterated that in the Gospel of Matthew, verse six, um, chapter six, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, or first, and live righteously and he will give you everything you need that's need not want. By the way, that was the chapter on how not to worry. So if you click on over to my blog, you can, you can check out that a particular chapter of Matthew 6. But I love the Psalms. They are not just poems or songs. They are sincere prayers from people who truly believe that God can handle anything. 
that God knows and sees everything, that God is still in control. Furthermore, you can pray them back to God. David had a relationship with God. Do you? What's great is that Jesus made it easy for us to have a relationship with him. All you have to do is believe. Have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. You will complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And I've also embedded three worship songs in the bottom of my blog today, um, all having to do with um, fear and God. No, so click on over there. Solidero Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.